precious our God woke you up this morning, and that is enough for God to get the praise out of your lips. Amen. We are certainly thankful to God for blessing us with what a beautiful day he has blessed us with. And this is the day the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. We are just so thankful to those of you who are visiting with us. We want for you to know uh, that you are our honored guests, and we are so thankful that you thought enough of God and enough of the Avenue Rep Church uh, to come and to praise God with us in spirit uh, and in truth. Thank you so much for blessing us uh, with your presence. Ephesians chapter 2 is where I want to gather your attention. So if you would please join us and we're going together at Ephesians chapter 2. And I want to uh, uh, go ahead as I did with the first service and give this disclaimer. And the disclaimer is uh, this morning we um, are not going to be pretty and well put together. We are going to get down, dirty, and just straight up raw. Amen? Down, dirty, and straight up raw. Yes. If you're visiting with us, we want for you to know that we are in the midst of a series called Family Matters. Family Matters. And we are addressing various issues that happen not only in the church family, but also in your personal family. And we want to see if the word of God has answers for your family problems. Amen. All right. Verse number 11 says it like this. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope, and you did not have God. But now, Lord, I need a church if I'm going to preach. Amen, somebody. I don't like preaching by myself. I like to preach with somebody. So I'm sorry. No, no, no. I need a church. So let's go back to verse 12. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God. But now, all right, I got a church, I can preach now. But now, in Christ Jesus, those of you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace who made the both groups into one and broke down the barrier, you want to remember that, of the dividing wall, by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments con uh, contained in the ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross. By it, having put to death the enmity, and he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to you who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the prophet, the, the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. Verse 21, in whom the whole building being 
fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. I want to talk to you this morning prayerfully through the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to us this morning from the subject matter. Uh, 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 Lord have mercy. What is it? Uh, no. Extreme makeover. Church edition. I thought y'all were going to help me preach. Amen, somebody? Yeah, extreme, extreme makeover. Church edition. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much for blessing us. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you so much for this time that we have together. Father God, it's our prayer that as we dive into your word that you might help us, that you might strengthen us. Father God, we need stronger homes. Lord, we need stronger homes so that we can have stronger communities. Lord, we need stronger communities so that we can have stronger schools. Lord, we need stronger schools so that we can have a stronger society. Father God, it's our prayer that we might grow and that you might help us to grow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Extreme makeover. Church edition. get sick and you have to go see a physician that is not necessarily a holistic physician but one that is licensed by the government to be a physician typically you go to them with a health ailment something wrong with your body and because they have been trained this way they will often prescribe you some medication either to help you cope with your sickness or they will prescribe you a medication to help heal your body from the sickness. But what's interesting is that in England, they came to a different conclusion when dealing with sickness. And what England uh, found through their research was that they saw a dramatic decrease in emergency room admissions since it began a new project called the Community Project. That is the Compassionate Frame Project. It was launched in 2013 by Helen Kingston, who was a physician there. And the reason she began this project was because she kept seeing patients who seemed defeated by the medicalization of their lives, treated as if they were a cluster of symptoms rather than a human being who happened to have health problems. So what she did was she set up a directory of agencies and community groups and they employed health connectors and trained uh, community connectors to help their patients find the support that they needed. Listen, the goal was to break an unhealthy cycle of illness that leads to isolation and loneliness. Dozens of other patients have reinforced the conclusion of the success of this program. Listen to this. For example, patients that came to them with HIV, that they gave them strong support groups, have lower levels of the active virus than those with no community. Women who had cervical cancer, if when they gave them 
a connection to a group of other women, those women were more likely to survive than those that dealt with their illness in isolation. Most remarkably is older patients with either one or two chronic diseases. The death rate was no higher than those that had no disease because they had a high level of community. Do you see the importance of community, a connection with somebody? But let me be clear about connection. I want to help us understand something. I told you I don't want to be pretty. I want to be real. Is that okay? But what you need to understand is that while the Avenue Wealth Church of Christ is the Avenue Wealth Church of Christ, we also need to look at ourselves as the Avenue Wealth Church of Christ University. University. Texas A&M University the University of Texas, the University of Oklahoma. And the reason is because, do you, have you ever thought as to why they put university on the end of these colleges? They do it because you have a diverse group of people. People from different demographics. People from different socioeconomic backgrounds. But they all come to the university, and though they come from different backgrounds, they are diversified, but they become unified because they have come, though from different backgrounds, with the same purpose. That's why it's called university. Okay, y'all ain't ready yet. Can I help you understand something? The Avenue Church of Christ should be a university. That is, all of us come from different backgrounds. You don't come from where I come from, nor do I come from where you come from. You and I might have different socioeconomic backgrounds. You and I might not think the same way. You and I might not feel the same way. But though we are diverse, we should be unified. Do you get it now? That is unity in our diversity. God does not call us to think the same. God does not call us to act the same. God does not call us to be unified in everything. Amen, somebody. And unified is not conformity. Unified means I might think different than you do, but we have the same goal in mind. Why is this important for the Church of Christ to understand? It's important for us to understand because let's be real. Can I talk to some married folk that have been married more than one hour? <laughs> when you stood before God and man, you stood before God and man, perhaps wherever you did that, and you, you vowed, you made some vows, didn't you? I vowed through sickness and health, richer for poor, till death do we part. I vowed. And if you had any kind of good preacher, amen, somebody, yeah, yeah, he put this part in there. For the man shall leave his mother and father, and he shall cleave unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now, let's be real. How many of you 
As soon as you said those words, you became. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. That's. You are unified. I mean, you, you, you won. As soon as you said those words, hey, Brother Ross, hey, hey, we ain't got no work to do. We unified, we good, we straight. It doesn't work like that. Unity is a result of work. Unity is a result of two or more people dedicating themselves to one another and saying, listen, I am in it, and I'm not in it 50-50. Married folks, stop saying that. It's, marriage is not 50-50. Marriage is 100-100. When I came to Sister Ross, I ain't give her 50% of me. The marriage bond is 100-100. You ain't getting 50% or 25%. You are getting all of me. You ready? The good, the bad. Y'all got amen, somebody. I ain't going now. Amen, somebody. Ain't nothing. Uh, I'm just, amen, amen. All right, all right. Listen, but family, marriage, relationships, unity, it is work. And do you know why it is work? It is work because the reality of it is, is that there, even though I want to be one with someone, there are some barriers that I have to deal with. There are some things that stand in the way that we have to deal with. Okay, okay, can I show you what I'm talking about? Look in the text right there, verse number 11. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the circumcision, which is performed in the flesh, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ. Did I hear, y'all hear some barriers right there? You wasn't circumcised. Number two, you were separated from Christ. Number three, you were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel. Number four, you were strangers to the covenant. Number five, you were without hope and without God. Now understand the context he's talking about here. What Paul is talking about is even in God's church, there can be issues of unity. Yes, it can be. And I'm going to explain something to you. How do you know that there can be issues of unity in God's church? Because I did some research. And you know what I researched and found out? That the majority of churches that we have are not the result of church planning. They're the result of church splits. Y'all know a church split, don't you? One or more people could no longer get along with one another. And as a result, I go somewhere else. I do something else. And as I do something else, I'm trying to do the right thing but we just can't seem to get along. Barriers. And he says, even in God's church, there were some barriers between two groups of people. You know who they are, though. 
the Jew and the Gentile. I'm sorry, I didn't say there were barriers in the world. I said there were barriers in the church that were disrupting the unity that God wants to exist among his people. There were barriers there. And listen, he calls them out. What were the barriers? You Gentiles, you are not circumcised. You Gentiles, you had no part in the promises. You Gentiles, you, you were not a part of the covenant agreement. You Gentiles, you were separate from God. You Gentiles, you were without hope and you were without God. Do you know what the problem was? The problem was the people, the Jews that were inside of the church looked at the Gentiles as them people. You know them people. Let me help you understand what I mean when I say them people. In the book of Acts, the church was doing fine until them people came in. In Acts chapter, oh, 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 all right, go to Acts 11. All right, okay. Mm -hmm. Go to Acts 11. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Acts 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, up until 9, everything was good. Look what happened in Acts chapter number 11. Now the apostles and the brethren who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles, did y'all hear that? They heard the Gentiles had received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those who were circumcised took issue with Peter, saying, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. Y'all get that? As long as you were around us, we had no problem with you. But as soon as you start allowing them people, now I got a problem with you. Let me be clear about something. You might come from where you come from. You might think how you think. You might believe that things should be done a certain way. But the reality is I don't come from where you come from. I don't think the way you think. You and I might have two different perspectives about things, but there's something we got to be clear about. When the Lord adds to the church, we should never look at people as them people. All right, amen. Let me, let me, let me, amen, amen, amen. Them people. And that's how they treated them, as them people. Because they come from a different neighborhood than we come from. Them people. Because their bank account is not like our bank account. Them people. Oh, oh, can I get real? Because their skin color is different than our skin color. Them people. Amen, somebody. I can go deeper in that, but I'll just say right here. Listen, listen. There are barriers that can divide people in the Lord's church. And if we are not clear about that, we have misunderstood what unity is. We have to make sure that we are not building walls. We need to be building bridges to bridge people from the world to the body of Christ. Stop building walls and start building a bridge. Amen. So, amen. Amen. Now watch it. Now, 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 now let me help you understand what I mean by that. So, so, so Paul starts by saying that. But then look what Paul says in verse number 13. But now, did y'all catch that? Yeah. In Christ Jesus, you who were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Can I do what I did? I've been doing for three weeks now. Do I have your permission? Yeah. Um, um, 
do I have y'all's permission to get involved in your relationship issues? Is, is that okay? Is that okay? All right, man. I'm going to do it anyway, but I just thought I would ask. Amen, amen. Let me ask one more time. Do I have your permission? Where does this stuff come from? Division, problems of unity, disunity. Where does it come from? Look at the book of Acts. Let me help you out. I'm sorry, the book of Genesis. Let me help you in Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Married folk, open your ears. Single folk, open your ears. Because I think this is going to help you. Look at verse number six, if you would. No, verse number four. The Bible says, then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Did y'all catch that? Now look at verse six. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from the tree and ate and also gave to her husband and he ate. Wait, look at verse 7. Here's a change. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were what? Naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. Do you see what happened? When God created man and woman, God created them in a condition to where they were 100% open with one another. Okay, Lord, have mercy. When God created them, he didn't create them with clothes on. You know why? Because clothes are designed to cover something. And so when God gave man, or rather woman to man, God created them in a condition where they would be 100% open, honest. I have nothing to hide from you. I want to be 100% open with you. There is nothing about me that you don't already know. You can see me. You can feel me. You Anywhere around me, nothing is hidden. You know me. But the problem was when sin came in. What happens when sin came in? It's right there in your Bible. Do you see what it says? After they ate, what happened? Now their eyes are open. And now that their eyes are open, what do you see them do first? Number one, what did they do? They went to the nearest tree, and they made some coverings to cover up. Wait a minute. Why are you covering up? I'm covering up because I have engaged in some stuff that I am now ashamed of. So now, you know what I do? I go through life, and it's not that I've gotten any better. I have just gotten better at learning how to cover myself up. I can't let you see me because if you see me, I don't know when, I don't know how you're going to judge what you see. So what do I do? I go through life not getting the healing that I need. I go through life looking for more stuff to cover me. But the problem with trying to find stuff to cover me is that nothing can ever cover me good enough. Okay, Lord have mercy. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. If they could cover themselves, I got a question for you. 
go back to Genesis 3. Lord, Lord, have mercy. Mm, mm, mm. Let me help somebody in here. You might be trying to hide, but there's nothing you can put on or around you that's going to hide you from you. Okay, all right, all right. Look at Genesis chapter 3. Now, you notice they, 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 they did it themselves, right? Now, I want for you to look at verse number 20 of Genesis 3. Y'all there? Now, the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. Look at verse 21. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife Eve and clothed them. Wait a minute now. We just read that they tried to do what? Cover themselves. But God says, I know you're trying to cover yourself, but there's a problem. What you are covering yourself with will not properly cover you. Amen, somebody. Now, I need to help you understand something. Notice this. Number one, they covered themselves from each other, and they covered themselves from each other because their eyes had been opened and they realized they were naked. So number one, they put fig leaves on to cover uh, their parts so that they could hide from one another. That wasn't it. Notice what else sin will do to you. Then the Bible says the Lord God was walking through the garden in the cool of the day. And when Adam and Eve heard God walking, you know what the Bible says next? They hid behind the tree. Do you see what sin will do in your relationship? Do you see what happens when you allow sin into your relationship? Number one, you will try to hide from each other. But then number two, you will even try to hide from the very presence, amen, somebody, of God. Now, let me explain what that looks like. What that looks like is you can't sin good and read your Bible with a clear conscience, amen, somebody. Have you ever, amen, somebody, you just don't feel right reading your Bible. You say, I'm too dirty to pray. I'm too filthy to, to approach God. So what do you do? I begin hiding. I know I'm supposed to go to church, but I don't feel comfortable going to church because I'm trying to preach the gospel to you right here in this book, notice why they covered themselves up with fig leaves, and then God comes behind them and covers them with garments. You ever ask yourself why? They covered themselves with garments that were made out of fig leaves. Here's the problem. Fig leaves comes off of a tree. When you cut the limb or, or the leaf off of a tree, no blood comes out. <laughs> I'm just playing right there. You see the gospel right there? But you see what God does? When God covers them, he covers them with the skin of an animal. The only way to get skin off of an animal is the animal had to shed blood and die for them to be covered with skin. Do you not see Jesus right there in the book of Genesis? You tried to cover yourself. You tried to hide yourself. But God says, you can't hide yourself. You can't even hide from me. So what I'm willing to do is I'm willing to give my son. I'm willing for Jesus to die on the cross so that I can cover you properly. That's the gospel right there. Now, now, now let me help you out. Let me help you out now in our relationship. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to learn something this morning? Amen. Amen. Y'all ready to learn something this morning? Amen. There we go. Okay. Let, let me help you out, and this is a relationship con, uh, uh, triangle, and I use, this, I use this to help couples understand this. Here's the problem. Did you notice something? When God created man and woman, God created man and woman to be one flesh. Did y'all get that? That ain't to think alike. 
That, that's none of that. That is, I created you with one mission. And you know what that mission is? Man, your mission is to take care of the woman. Woman, your mission is to do for the man what he is unable to do for himself. Sisters, now come on, now let's be real. Now you know good and well, amen somebody, amen somebody. You know good and well it's some stuff that we can't do. Amen. Okay. That's why I said to be his help me. You are supposed to help us do what you see we can't do our. Okay. Okay. Amen. Somebody. That's one flesh. Now listen. But here's the reality in relationships. You have God, you have man, and you have woman. Now here's what happens in the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, even though it was God here and man and woman together here, when they sinned, something happened. Man went to his side and woman went to her side. Are y'all following that? They're separate now. They're trying to cover themselves up. There has been a separation. Not only from each other, but there has been a separation even from who? From God himself. That's why you notice they hid from each other, right? And then they even hear from God, which means what? There is a total separation from one another and of God. Let me just help y'all understand something. Understand something. When you're having problems in your relationships, you need to understand that somebody has been disconnected. When there are challenges and there is confrontation, you need to understand all this is is a disconnection from something. Either we have been disconnected from each other or one of us or both of us have been disconnected from God, but a disconnection has happened. Now watch this now. Here's the reality. The reality is God wants for man and woman to be one flesh. Y'all got that? The only way in this model for man and woman to be singular, if you will, again, is that man and woman both have to bridge the gap. Are y'all following me? Somehow or another, man and woman has to bridge the gap. Now, here's the reality. The only way for man and woman to bridge the gap, number one, is before you can get this relationship right, you got to first get that relationship right. Are y'all following me? That is, you need to understand something. You cannot expect for people to treat you right when they don't treat first God right. Okay, I need to talk to some single folk right in here. I need to talk to y'all because y'all ain't feeling me yet. Listen, single folk. If he don't care nothing about God when y'all dating, He can make time for everything. He can make time to go on dates. He can make time for his mama. He can make time to even do overtime. But for some reason, when you bring up coming to church with you, I got something else I got to Whenever you're on the phone with her and you're conversing with her and you say, hey, hey, you're going through problems. Let's pull out the scriptures and they want to end the conversation. Understand. And here's, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else with that. The reality is the only way for this relationship to be made right is that this relationship has to be made right. You ready? That is, before I can connect well with my wife, 
I need to first be moving towards God. Are y'all following that? I need to get my vertical relationship right with God. You ready? And as I move closer to God, and as my wife moves closer to God, in essence, do you know what we're doing? We're getting closer to each other. So you want to get closer to your spouse? Both of you get closer to God. Amen, somebody. Husbands, can I ask you a question? Do you pray with your wife? Do you study the Bible with your wife? Okay, all right, all right, all right. Ross, you ain't preaching to me. I don't know where you're getting that from. Okay. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to present unto himself a glorious church without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. You ready? Cleansing her with the washing of water with the word. Husbands, what's your responsibility as a man, as a husband? Your responsibility is to provide for your wife financially, emotionally, and spiritually. You are responsible for investing in your wife. And wives and single people, if you're here today and, 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 and you either are dating somebody or, or you're single right now, don't tune me out. Because I'm going to tell you something. You don't wait to get the fire extinguisher when the house gets on fire. You need the fire extinguisher before the house gets on fire. So this morning, your house might not be on fire, but this is the fire extinguisher. Because your marriage might be going well today, but Lord, at 1 o'clock, amen, somebody. And listen, listen, husband, it is your responsibility to bathe your wife with the word. And family, when you bathe her with the word, what is happening? I'm bathing her with the word because I want to present her back to God in a better condition than I received her in. Look at my sisters. Hey, man, somebody. My men like, man, I knew I shouldn't have came to church today. I should have. Man, the Cowboys coming. Well, they ain't playing this week, but man, the game coming on. I should have just stayed at home. Amen, somebody. But whether you stay at home or you come, it is what it is. Amen, somebody. But as men, our responsibility is to be the spiritual leaders of our home. That is us first. Because you cannot expect your wife to submit to you, and you won't submit yourself to God. Ain't nobody going to say nothing. I feel like preaching right in there. Preach, Ross. Go ahead, Ross. You talking, boy. Amen, somebody. Amen. Listen, listen, listen. So, so hear this. Hear this. Are y'all following this now? In order for the man and woman to get closer, they must get closer to God first. And as they move closer towards God, they then will get closer to one another. Are y'all following that now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go deeper. Go back in your word. Let's go deeper. Let's, 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 let's clean this up. Listen, verse number 13. But now in Christ, you who were far off have been brought near by the blood. For he himself is our peace, who made the both groups into one and broke down, watch it now, the barrier. Y'all following that? Barriers in our relationship. Verse 15, by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances. 
so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, establishing peace, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross. Verse 17, and he came and preached peace to you who were far and peace to you who were near. For through him we both have, what's that word? Access in one spirit to the Father. Y'all ready to go to school one more time? Here we go. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Now, um, there we go. All right, here we go. Go back. Go back. There we go. All right, listen. This is Solomon's temple. If you know your word in 2 Kings and in 2 Chronicles, uh, you actually have Solomon who uh, is responsible for building the temple. Are y'all following that? Yeah, he built a temple. Now, follow this because it's going to bless your life. Listen. And with the temple, you had out here was, if you will, the outer wall. Y'all following that? That's the outer wall. And with the outer wall, this area in here is called the outer court. Now, you ready for the outer court? The outer court was the place that anybody could come. Anybody could come. Jew, Gentile, male, female, anybody could walk into the outer Somebody say outer court. Yeah, the outer court. But then watch this. This is the outer court. But do you see this big wall right here? This wall was a divider. And you know who only could come in here? Jews. That's called the, the inner court. So everybody could be out here. But only Jews could be on the inside. And they had a wall that divided them from everybody else. That is, we are worthy to come in here. But y'all other people, we have built a wall to keep y'all out there. Oh, oh, okay, y'all ain't feeling me yet. Yeah, yeah, see. Anybody can come here, but only we can come near. Anybody can come here, but only a select group of people can come. Okay, let's read the word now. Let's see if it's any different for you. But now in Christ, you who were far off have been brought near. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Y'all see that now? By the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is a law and commandments containing ordinances, so that he in himself might make the two into one new man, establishing peace, and might reconcile them both into one body unto God by the cross, by it having put to death the enmity. Now, can I help y'all understand this thing right here? Because I want y'all to get... Come, welcome to Mr. Ross's classroom. Can I help you understand this now? This is the outer wall. This is the outer area. Who can come here? Anybody. This is a dividing wall. This is the inner court. Who could be in here, y'all? Only Jews. Now, let's go even deeper. This is called the holy place. The only people that could come into the holy place were the priests. Y'all following me? That's the line of Aaron. Only priests could go there. Y'all see all these walls that have been built? Yeah. Walls to keep out Gentiles. Walls to keep out women. Walls to keep out poor folk. Are y'all following what I'm saying to you? 
walls. And then after this wall, we get into that. Now somebody then built up another wall. Amen, somebody. Now only priests can go in behind that wall. You ready? And what you know is even behind this wall, this is the a holy place or the most holy place. Inside of there is what's called the holiest of holies. Now, the holiest of holies is the area that the, the high priest, only the high priest, could enter into one time per year in order to provide a sacrifice to cover the sins of the people. Are y'all kind of following what I'm saying to you? Now, everybody could come into the outer wall. A select few could come into the inner court. Then it gets even smaller. Only a couple of priests can go into the holy place. And only one person could go into the holiest of holies. Why? Why? Here's why. Because in 2 Kings 2 Chronicles, when this place was constructed, the Bible says that Solomon begins to pray and dedicate the temple to God. When Solomon prays and dedicates the temple to God, something happens. The Bible says while Solomon is praying, the Spirit of God, goes into the holiest of holies and takes up residence in what Solomon had built. So that is the Jews, when they saw this place, they saw it as the place that contains the very presence of God. Y'all got to catch it now. So let's go back. And the only people that were allowed into God's presence, remember, his presence is inside the holiest of holies. The only person that could go in the holiest of holies is the high priest. Okay, y'all ain't feeling me. Can I help y'all with the Catholic church? That's the Catholic church. See, in order for me to get to God, I got to go sit down with a priest. Y'all ain't feeling me. And I got to confess my sins to this priest. And then the priest goes to God on my behalf. Lord, have mercy. I'm so glad. Lord, have, I'm so, Lord, have mercy. I'm so glad. Watch the Bible. Watch the Bible. He has made the two groups into one and broke down the barrier, the dividing wall. Lord, Lord, have mercy. You know what that means now, y'all? That means that even though these people had built all these walls, walls to keep out the women, walls to keep out the children, walls to keep out poor people, walls to keep out people that don't come from where you come from. They had built up all these walls, but when Jesus died on the cross, he broke down all of the walls. Wait a minute now, wait, wait, wait. Now, why is it important to know Jesus broke down all the walls? It's important to know Jesus broke down all the walls because of this very reason. Remember this, y'all. Remember when Jesus died. The Bible says Jesus breathed his last breath. He, he, he said, it is finished, bowed his head, gave up the ghost. The Bible says, and then the curtain of the temple was broken into two. It was torn from top to bottom. Can I go back and teach you something right there? The reason is because the veil of the temple was in the holiest of holies. That was the veil that separated the high priest from the chest that was behind the veil. That is, only one person could go behind the veil, and that was the high priest. When G and that is, he's the only person that has direct access to the presence of God. 
When Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says the veil that was in the temple had been torn down the middle. That means no longer does one person have access to God. But you know what that means? You got access to God. You got access to God. You have access to God. Amen, somebody. We all have access as one new man. Are y'all following that? Amen, somebody. All of us have access. No longer are there these barriers. Whoa. That's so good. Let me tell you why. Verse 19. I need to help us with this. I'm almost done, Connie. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens. Can I say it one more time? Avenue Web Church of Christ. You are no longer strangers or aliens. Do y'all know where that word comes from, that, that strangers? Strangers comes from the Greek word xenoi. X-E-N-O-I. Okay, anybody feeling me yet? It's from where we get our English word xenophobia. Xenophobic, amen, somebody, yeah. The fear of people. No longer people that are different than you. So no longer are we comprised of people. No, I'm sorry. No longer are we an establishment that does not readily accept people that are different than us. We are no longer strangers. Or aliens, that means people that are not from where you're from. He says, because of what Jesus did on the cross, verse number 19, so then you are no longer strangers or aliens, you ready? But we are fellow citizens. Y'all know what that does for me? That means ain't nobody in here better than the other person they're sitting next to. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how much education you got. I don't care what your zip code is. Nobody in this church, even myself, is better than anybody else in here. Everybody in here has the same access. Amen, somebody? Yeah, now, but y'all got to see something, though. Here we go. Um, but he says, God brought us all here to do something with us. Look at verse 20. We are now God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple. Y'all see that word? Temple. Y'all see that, man? A holy temple. It's a reason why he put that. In whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. He says, you know what God has done with all of us? Here's the problem. We think of the church as bricks and mortar. Even I say it myself. Don't I? I'm going to church. I do. I make that mistake too. I'm going to church. Let me you going to go to church? You are the church. So how you going to go to something that you already, okay, oh Lord have mercy, okay. Because we think of the church as this brick and mortar. There's something he says here, even about our own thinking. He says, you know what God is doing with us? Um, 
know one of the one of the most amazing things that is a book. Have you guys ever seen in a a home being built? Isn't that amazing? You drive through there on Monday, and there's trees growing up all high. You come back Monday 4 p.m. No trees, no what, and the ground is flat. You come back Tuesday morning and put up the the board. Come back Tuesday afternoon, they already laid the concrete. Come back two days later, the whole frame is up. Amen, somebody. You come back a couple of days later, all the exterior bricks on that thing, the roof is on there. He says, that's the same thing God is doing with us. God is building us into something. But here's the beautiful part that I like about construction. Every piece is necessary. Nor is every piece the same. They bring concrete to put a flat roof. They put plastic pipe in the walls. They put granite on the countertop. They put sheetrock on the walls. They put copper in the wiring. They use different materials because the various materials serve a different but necessary purpose in order for the home to be a functional Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Can I be clear? You might not be a preacher. You might not be an elder. You might not be able to speak well. But you have something that I do not have. Lord have mercy. You bring some, you are made out of something that the Lord wants to use. You ready? To build his new temple. That was Solomon's temple. But when you look at that, do you know what that should become a representation of? That should be a representation of the Lord's church today. And you're ready? All of us make up a part of that temple. You might be the brick. I might be the countertop. I might be the countertop. You might be the pipe. But you're ready? We need you. We need you. Everybody in God's church. You serve a purpose in the construction of this family. Family, we and God, we need you to serve in your purpose in the building of this spiritual house. And watch this now. Now, now why is that important? Remember what I told y'all? When Solomon finished building the temple, what happened? He prayed, and as he was praying, what happened? The Spirit of God did what? Took up dwelling inside of the temple. Look, read your book. Verse number 21. In whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God. Do you know what God wants to do with us? God wants to, he, God is developing and growing us into his temple, Lord have mercy, into his temple, his body. You ready? So that he can take up residence inside of us. Lord have mercy. Let it not be said. A brother says this and it blew my mind. He says, if the Holy Spirit left out, he says, 
If the Holy Spirit left our churches, talking about brotherhood churches, if the Holy Spirit left our churches, 80% of us would function as normal. Did y'all catch that? Did I say <laughs> if the Holy Spirit left our churches, 80% would function as normal. Let it not be said about the Avenue West Church of Christ that we are willing and able, or rather willing, to function without the presence of the Holy Spirit working in this family of God. Church, let me put it all on the table. Let me be very clear. What does God want from this church? God wants to use you as a vital piece of his kingdom. God has given each and every one of us talents and abilities, a gift. God has given them. And what God is asking, can I use what I've given you? Will you give me back what I have given you? Will you allow me, will you allow my spirit to work through you that I can use you to better and further the word that I have? Can I, you, can I trust you with what I have given you so that the Avenue F Church can be a church where I can take up residence inside of? Why does God want residence? Because God wants to take us back to the beginning when we were in perfect union with the Father. Amen, somebody? Yeah, yeah, God, God bless you. Let's work, Avenue West. Let's work. Let the God use us and build us that we might be the temple that the Holy Spirit can dwell in. Amen, somebody? You're here this morning. Listen, you're here. And then, listen, this is, this is the part normally where we, we might try to shut down. But listen, you're here this morning. And, you, and listen, there are some disconnects in your life. You're either disconnected from people, you're disconnected from God, you're disconnected in relationships. Let us, let us pray for you this morning. Give us the opportunity to pray with you and for you this morning. If you're here this morning, you ready? And you have no connection with God. No connection with God. You are not connected to God. Let us pray for you this morning. If you're here this morning and you are not a child of God, what I mean by that is you have not received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, Ralph, I, how do I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? That's the right question for you to ask. The Bible says in the book of Acts, the Bible says, when Peter finished preaching, they said, what shall we do? Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what you got to know. What is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to preach to you, to teach you, to baptize you, and to keep on teaching to you. That's our responsibility. And I'm glad that's where it stops. Because you know what God's responsibility is? And the Lord added to the church daily <laughs> those that would be. I'm so glad God don't give you or me the responsibility of adding people to the body. You know why? Because if you add me, you can subtract me. But when God adds, amen, somebody, but when God is the only one that adds me, it's only God that can keep me. Amen, somebody. 
Stop being the dough of the church. Ain't nobody getting up in here without coming through me. Ain't nobody got to come through you. Amen, somebody. Nobody got to come through you. All we got to do is listen to the word, obey the gospel through baptism, and God adds me. Amen, somebody. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, to the, to the body of Christ. But God bless you this morning, Avenue Up. Whatever your desires are, baptism or prayer, come. Come right now. You can give us anything, the song chosen by our worship leader. God bless you, Avenue. There.